The Capital Gazette Murder Trial from Chris Gordon News and Vox Topica. Here's your host, Chris Gordon. Jared wants to be your friend. That was the headline of the article in the Capital Gazette that angered 41-year-old Jared Ramis, providing the motive for this mass shooting. He felt the report was inaccurate and unfair to him. His obsession led Ramos down a road that ended in the deadliest single attack on the media in American history. The shootings at the Capitol newspaper's offices in Annapolis on June 28, 2018. Five people who worked at the paper were killed. Gerald Fishman, John McNamara, Rebecca Smith, Rob Hyacin and Wendy Winters. Not a single one of the individuals he shot had hurt him, none of them. An important witness in this trial to give the jury insight into Ramos is his sister, Michelle Jeans. She's two and a half years younger than he is. They grew up together, but they haven't spoken in years. She appeared nervous and acknowledged to the defense lawyer questioning her that she was, and she was emotional, her voice breaking, using a box of tissues that was handed to her. Jeans told the court, Jared is intelligent, but as a teenager, he became a loner with no social relationships. She testified that Ramos told her the article was a personal attack on him by the newspaper and reporter Eric Hartley. He was devastated. He was very upset, his sister saying. Ramos complained to her that it wasn't accurate. It quoted him saying, F you, leave me alone, to a woman after his attempt at an online relationship went bad. The woman stopped communicating with him. Ramos saw a Facebook post of her saying that she was going to work, hungover. Ramos sent a screenshot of the woman's post to her boss. His sister, Michelle, testifying, I told him I didn't think it was the right thing to do. Ramos felt he had to do it. His sister testifying, she feared criticizing him because he had a history that when people upset him, he will disown them for life. He feels very strongly about doing the right thing. In January of 2011, the woman filed harassment charges against him. Ramos pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor that was later expunged from his record. Reporter Eric Hartley covered the court case writing the article about the woman's year-long nightmare called, Jared Wants to Be Your Friend. demanded a retraction and an apology, his sister saying he told her he never said, F you, leave me alone. He said the inclusion of that line in the article would make him look crazy. When he didn't get an apology, Ramos filed a defamation lawsuit against the Capital Gazette, Eric Hartley, and an editor at the paper. But a judge dismissed Ramos's case. Ramos was fired from his overnight IT job in 2014, and he never got another job. By 2016, he had exhausted all appeals. At this trial, his defense attorney says, Ramos was deranged, 
delusional and obsessed with conspiratorial thinking. He believed the Capital Gazette and the Maryland Judiciary conspired against him, ruining his life so he couldn't have a relationship. Ramos retreated from society, living like a hermit for two years. He stayed laying on his couch with his cat, who was suffering with cancer, on his chest all of the time. Ramos would urinate in a bottle rather than disturb the cat. Ramos was already planning the shooting, but he knew he couldn't proceed until Tiger, the cat, died. In May of 2018, six weeks before the shooting, he took the cat to be euthanized. His defense lawyer says Ramos wrote, I no longer cared to live in the world. I was done. This shooting was the only option available. Ramos wrote four letters before heading to the Capital Gazette that day. The first letter was a motion for reconsideration of his case with a quote, I told you so, signed Jared W. Ramos. The second letter was to his lawyer in the defamation case. The third was to the judge who dismissed his case. It was addressed to the judge's wife at her home. And the final note was to reporter Eric Hartley with a CD that contained high-value targets, including pictures from inside the Capitol Gazette offices. Ramos had been planning this attack for two years, his lawyer said. He sold his car for $4,000, bought a shotgun, customizing it with a laser scope and a flashlight. He used the last of his money, $1,500, to buy a lifetime membership with the U.S. Chess Federation. Ramos wanted to kill as many people as he could, so he picked a Thursday afternoon because he knew that's when the paper's editorial advisory board met at the newspaper's offices. Luckily, the citizen board didn't meet that day, or there could have been even more casualties. Ramos sealed exits around the offices with heavy metal blockades called barricades so people inside couldn't escape. He wore earplugs and protective eyeglasses. He used the shotgun to blast the double glass doors. His lawyers say he fired 11 times, shooting each person he encountered, some more than once. Was done shooting, Ramos used a computer in the newspaper office to post on Twitter on an account he named for reporter Eric Hartley, posting, F you, leave me alone. He then called 911 to report that he was the shooter. He was done and unarmed. He found a place under a desk, laid face down to look like a victim, and took the band out of his ponytail. Now this case is in the historic Anne Arundel County Courthouse, just a few miles away from the scene of the mass shootings, with a jury of eight men and four women. They are hearing testimony from witnesses and seeing videos of the gruesome shootings captured on office security cameras. Police body camera footage shows officers finding Ramos. He offered no resistance when taken into custody. Detective Kimberly Harding, a 23-year veteran of the Anne Arundel County Police, testifying about trying to question Ramos over a period of eight hours in a small interview room, showing video clips of their interactions. He wouldn't give her his name, but he did comply when she asked to take a DNA swab from inside his mouth. 
and when she asked to take his picture, he turned toward her. But he wouldn't answer her questions about why he attacked the newspaper. The detective saying to him, we've offered you a way to explain it and let the world know. I know you understand that. On cross-examination, prosecutor David Russell asked Detective Harding if Ramos had shown any repetitive or unusual behavior. She said no. The prosecutor referred to the video asking if Ramos made sustained eye contact with her. She said he did. Russell asking, when you took his photo, how did he react? The detective said he posed for it. Jurors have been told that Ramos pleaded guilty to the five counts of murder in the first degree, one count of attempted murder, six counts of first-degree assault, and 11 counts of using a firearm in a violent crime. His defense lawyers saying Mr. Ramos is guilty of every single one of these 23 counts. He is guilty, but he is also not criminally responsible. They say he suffers from one or more mental disorders. This trial is different from most murder trials, where prosecutors have the burden of proving that the defendant is guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Because Ramos admitted guilt, the burden of proof now shifts to the defense to show that he is not criminally responsible by a preponderance of the evidence. That means they must show it's more likely than not that at the time of the shootings, a mental disorder caused Ramos to lack the capacity to appreciate the criminality of that conduct or to conform his conduct to law. It's Maryland's version of the insanity defense. Because they have the burden of proof, the defense presents its case first. When they conclude, prosecutors will proceed arguing that Ramos planned the attack in a calculating manner, methodically executing his plan. Each side will present psychiatrists who have examined Jared Ramos. The courts view them as expert witnesses, allowing them to express their opinion about the defendant's competency. The experts will disagree, and it will be up to the jury to decide. The families of the victims who were killed and survivors of the shootings have waited three years for this trial. Some of them come to court each day, they gather together for lunch daily, taking strength from each other. They have heard defense lawyer Elizabeth Patel tell the jury, Mr. Ramos believes what he did was justified, fair, and under the circumstances as he understood them at the time, it was the only option he had. He has no remorse. The lead detective in the investigation, Jason DiPietro, testified that during the forensic examination of the shotgun used by Ramos, an investigator found a piece of paper in the weapon. On it, this is written. There are a few problems in the world that cannot be solved by clear and concise communications. The remaining problems can be solved with the proper placement and application of high explosives. The quote is attributed to Terry Nichols, the convicted co-conspirator in the Oklahoma City bombings. In this trial, if the jury reaches a verdict that Jared Ramos is not criminally responsible, he will be hospitalized for psychiatric treatment. One day, he could qualify for release. If, however, the jury finds him criminally responsible, he'll be sentenced 
to life in prison. This is Chris Gordon. Join me for our next episode. You'll hear from the forensic psychiatrists who examined Jared Ramis. You'll hear them expressing their opinions about his competency at the time of the attack. Capital Gazette Murder Trial is a podcast produced by Chris Gordon News and Vox Topica. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you.